Hello, hello. Welcome back. This is For Book's Sake with Heather Roberts and Veronica Adams of 1852 Media. Good hello, morning, hello. Veronica. Good morning. Well, it's morning it's for us. Not to, it is morning for us now recording the podcast. And it's yes. hard not to be in a good mood because it's a Friday for us. It is. It is a Friday And that intro is a bop. Like I just, <laughs> I want to dance to it every time you play it. It is a bop. I can't like stop my head from like going back and forth. It's like, it's hilarious. It's like feel good music. All right. We're going to talk about book stuff. Yeah. So today's topic is I want my HEA, also known as what is romance? Yes. <laughs> this one, I, you know, it shocks me that we even have to have this conversation, but I think it's an important one. I do. Um, so for those who don't write romance, or maybe even for some who do. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm afraid this is important for some who do. A romance, by definition, means that there is a happily ever after, or a happy yes. for now, that the two main yes. characters have found love with one another, and that they are happy at the end of the book. Yes. That is a romance. And also, well, romance being that the book is about them, you know, finding love with one another their I think connection that's is the crux of the plot that's what right. drives the story from start to finish correct and then the ending is that they find a happily ever after just like with a mystery book a straight up mystery book yeah you expect them at the end to figure out the mystery <laughs> that's right who did it who did it what happened yes. you know all of that same thing same concept with a romance novel that, you know, at the end of the book, they are going to end up we happy are in together. Love. We are in love. Or at least in lust enough to be riding off into the sunset together for now. Yes. Yes. For happy for now is totally legit romance ending. Absolutely. Um, they do not have to, you know, have an epilogue 20 years into the future with a whole, you know, exactly. gang of kids. That is not necessary. Although those are great. I mean, yeah. we, we do love that. So let me ask, what's your favorite romance ending are you more of an hea or an hfn happy happy ever happily ever after or happy for now i am a happily ever after girly um same i i do like you know there's times that i'm okay with the happy for now um but i'm a happily ever after girly yeah totally it's just i don't know it just does it for me <laughs> i just that's the that's the thing <laughs> Happily ever after feels so much more um, complete to me, right? Yeah. Like it's like more satisfying. Yeah, and I don't mind happy for now. I really don't. I've read some really great happy for now endings. Yeah, but like when you leave things to my imagination, that maybe they stay together forever. Or maybe this was just like a summer you know, fling, or exactly. yeah, like no, and that I this mean... isn't going to last. Like then my mind starts filling in that epilogue that didn't get written. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's, it feels like there's less closure. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's the same, uh -huh. same thing. I need my, yeah. I need my ends tied up. I need it in a little bow. I need mm -hmm. you to give it to me. So I feel good at the end. All the so I guess you could say we're both purists then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We and that are. is definitely not to like to to throw shade at the no. happy for now ending. Those are perfectly valid. They're great. And some people love them more than happily mm -hmm. ever after. I mean, it's sure. it's a personal preference. We just yeah. happen to have the same personal preference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to talk about, you know, just because 
your book has romantic elements in it and that there are two people who are falling in love or have mm-hmm. some sort of love connection does not necessarily mean that your book is a romance. That's um, right. Because your book could be a women's fiction title that the main crux of the story is about the the female main character's journey yes. to find herself. And that happens right. to also include a love interest. That does not necessarily make it a romance. It means that romance readers will probably enjoy it, but yeah, that doesn't definitely. mean that the book itself is a romance. Like if the if a main character dies, like one of the main love interests dies at the end, it is not a romance. It is not a romance. So um, it's just it's it's just not. <laughs> so you can't right. have them fall in love and then he right. dies or she dies well, or they if, die. Whatever. If the plot is really more about a single a single character's journey in any way, shape, or form. And the love interest is secondary. And you see the love interest less often than all of the other little side things going on in the story. I've read some books where they were marketed as romance, categorized mm-hmm. as romance, all of that. And, and truthfully, they really were more of like a women's fiction kind of adventure where the heroine's journey is really the primary plot device. Right. And we see the love interest as often as we see like the family comic relief, you know, like the cranky yeah. grandfather or the nosy mother or whatever. And um, yeah. Or the fun grandmother. Just, <laughs> exactly. Like whatever the case may be, uh, not not a traditional romance in any way, shape or form. Definitely more of a women's fiction with a romantic subplot. You could even market it as romantic women's fiction. Exactly. Love interest. Yeah. And that's so for people wondering like, well, how do I market my book then? If it's not a romance, you just, you put in, you know, love story. It is a, if you can say that it's a love story, like Nicholas Sparks novels are not love stories. They are love stories. Thank you for bringing it up. Yes. They are love stories. Or you can say romantic suspense um, with romantic elements. I mean, that's a little bit of a mouthful, but you can say suspense with romantic elements. Right. Or romantic thriller. Romantic thriller. Or yeah, something like you, that. You can really make almost any other genre romantic. I Correct. Mean, just, just put romantic in front of whatever is a better fit because there is not an HEA or an HFN in your book or the romance is not the plot device. Right. Um romantic urban fantasy exactly romantic high fantasy whatever it is you've written you can make it into a thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly absolutely um so you know it's not all is not lost you just need to figure out how to tell people what your book is because this goes back to that evergreen marketing tip from a couple of episodes ago about expectations This goes into the expectation of the person who's picking up your book. If they're picking it up and they expect a happily ever after and you do not give that to them, they're going to be upset. They're not going to throw your book in a way. (laughs) Like, like, I mean, like throw it across the room. (laughs) They're not going to do that in a way that makes other people want to read it. They're going to do it in a way that makes them actually upset. You know, like, yeah. Listen, I've thrown a book across the room and been like, everyone needs to read this. But that's not what, you know, that's not what they're going to do. You probably think of which book that was, but that's for another podcast. Yeah, right. Um, 
What? I have the visual of you tossing the book in my head, right? Oh, like yeah. Heather's, Heather's chucking paperbacks like they're axes or something. Um, <laughs> could do that. <laughs> no, I think it, just to, to pile onto the point, like, it's important if what you've written has romantic elements, but is not really truly a romance that you find ways to set it apart to set, set those reader expectations. Exactly. You want someone who's new to your brand to become at least a regular reader, if not a loyal one. Right. Right. You pour your heart and soul out into thing. writing this thing, editing it, covering it, marketing it. I mean, it, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So you don't want to throw away the chance to earn long-term readers by not having your bona fides with the marketing in order, you know? Yeah. You don't just don't, you're basically miscategorizing it and exactly. um, misclassifying it maybe is a better right. way of saying it. But yeah. Right. Um, what you're going to do is alienate readers who don't want romance by marketing your book as a romance when it's not. So you're going to lose out on people who would read um, whatever your book really is. Let's say it's, um, let's say it's romantic suspense or it's, you know, it's really just a thriller, but there's a, a love story subplot that does not necessarily have a, the happiest of conclusions. You're going to lose a lot of suspense and thriller readers by marketing it as a romance. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, because unfortunately there, there is a hmm. subset yeah, there there are just some folks out there who turn their noses up at anything romance, which um, is ridiculous. I yeah. mean, it's ridiculous. I but to me, it's the number one reason why you wouldn't want to market a book as romance if it's not truly a happily ever after or happy. Oh, for, for now sure. Ending. I mean, you're not going to find your right readers for the title. Exactly. Um, just exactly. period. Because yes, there are people out there who still turn up their nose at romance. I mean, we see it all the time with the derogatory terms about it. It's a trashy book or whatever. And like the misogyny that goes on that that is rife in our society. And some of it's internalized and some of it's contextual. And like, there's just a whole bunch of that. There's so much nuance with romance too. Like not all romance is the same. Like there's just so, so many different levels of romance. There's different levels of spice. There's mm-hmm. different styles of writing. Exactly. Um, I mean, I've seen some critiques about uh, certain popular books saying that they're written so like in a juvenile manner. Like not everything. What does that even mean? Right. Like not everything has to be some literary work of prose. Like it. Right. You know. Right. It doesn't have. But to if be. you've written a suspense thriller, you're probably going to be able to find at least a small cache of readers who think that way to read your book and perhaps enjoy it. Yeah. And they certainly are not going to take a chance on it if you're marketing it as romance because of that. Right. That mentality. And then you're going to get romance readers who are like, well, this was disappointing because it's not a romance. Because it's not actually a romance. So you're you're shooting yourself in the foot. Like that's just, you know, really what you're doing. But yeah. So really we're talking to people who don't write romance, not people who do. Right. (laughs) Basically. I mean, but if you do write romance, make sure that you're talking about the right kind of romance. Because you can't just. Yeah. You can say it's a contemporary romance or a historical romance um, or, you know, something like that. But the, the big umbrellas that catches right. almost anything. But there's so many subcategories to romance. And if you're not specifically identifying the, that subcategory, you're also missing out on a whole group of readers who's going That's to be, true. you know, going on the big zon and searching for 
XYZ romance, Mm -hmm. small town romance, um, you know, BDSM romance, like different kink romance. Now you have to be careful, Mm -hmm. right? Um, With what you're putting in for your, your keywords, but with the different kinds of romance that are out there, if you're not talking about the specific subgenre that you're in, then you're also missing out on a whole group of readers um, that you could otherwise be capturing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and making sure that you are appropriately using tropes in your marketing. too. Yes. Oh my God. I mean, even when you've drilled it down by subgenre or subcategory, it's really important to put the tropes out there to catch readers eyes. I, I think, and this is, this is just a side effect of the market being so saturated because there are so many people who have now entered the space and are writing books for themselves because um, it is so much easier to do and we don't have to worry about traditional publishing gatekeeping the industry anymore. <coughs> um, but yeah, you know, making making everything as clear as possible for the reader with the lowest attention span. Sorry, I just had tea go down no my problem. throat. Um, but no, I totally agree. And you need to be able to explain what your book is. I think tropes right now are selling books so much more than like blurbs for like, yeah. now you want your blurb to have the tropes in it, but sometimes just listing what the tropes are in like the sub uh, subtitle yep. of the book. will yep. do it. Like sometimes <laughs> people aren't even Title, reading blurbs sometimes. Series trope <clears throat> book number done. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't give you a better string for an Amazon listing right there. Exactly. And, you know, this actually makes me think about the changes that are coming to Amazon in terms of the categories too, yeah. you know, and like, this is a pretty timely conversation based on the fact that we are now going to be living in a world where you used to have the option to ask to be put into up to 10 different categories Yep. on that particular platform. And now we're going down to just three. Yes. So you definitely have to have a really good feel for what categories your book actually belongs in. Unless you're playing category games, which some people which do. some people do. Um, but hopefully you're picking – and they also changed how they're – how you pick the categories. So like before right. they used to do it with this whole different system where it was more of like a library. I'm just, you know, glossing over the details. But it basically was a library um, categorization system. Mm -hmm. And you would pick, you know, where you thought you landed in that. And then Amazon would then pick the eventual categories that you should be in based upon that. Um, Now they've actually made it so you could pick the actual Amazon category. Wild, I know. The actual Amazon category that you think that your book should be in, which, and you only get three now, as opposed to like Veronica was saying, up to 10. But um, I, I mean, I like it for the fact that, you have to be specific about mm-hmm. what it is and you don't have up to 10 now because some people were just like literally like throwing spaghetti on a wall with these categories and let's yes. see where I can get an orange banner. Right. Um, right. Like, you know, getting number and- one in C stories when your book is about like mermaids mer- well no like when your book is like a, a ice hockey romance and they just happen to go out on a oh. boat for like a date night like okay you know he's, that he's, he's a goalie with a sailboat yeah i i don't know <laughs> just making shit up now but yeah like that would, people would just put stuff <laughs> in smaller categories with hopes to have it elevate you know in thus the category games you right, were speaking right. of 
Right. Well, and, and also because on the back end, if you can get momentum in one category, we have seen, not that we have any evidence of this because of how non-transparent Amazon is, but we've right. seen where a book, it'll take off because it starts to rise in one category and then Amazon will organically show it in some of the others. So, Movers and shakers. That's right. That's right. It's been a helpful tool for some people. I'm neutral on the practice um, because I see the benefits and the drawbacks to it. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's as not the long, best look, but also everybody's trying to sell books. Everyone's so. trying to do something. And as long as it's not illegal, I mean, go for exactly. it, right? Like exactly. as long as it's not going to get your Amazon account shut down, because that's like right. the death knell, um, right. then do it. That's, we are in the wild, wild west of publishing. <laughs> like, Yes. But should we maybe perhaps touch on the issue of erotica categories? Since, oh, gosh. Since yes. We're, since we're talking about categories now. Yeah. Since it came up. Um, well, and also with this new change, Amazon is now making you click whether your book should isn't has adult content in it. Um, right. Our official uh, advice, if you're listening to this, if you've gotten this far, is do not click that button. Don't do that. Nope. Put unclick the button. Un- unclick it. Put the age range eighteen plus, but do not click yes. that button. It will immediately throw your book into the erotica dungeon, and. Veronica, which you will never escape because once you go in, they do not let you out. Although right now, right now at this very moment, uh, June 9th is today's date. Just FYI. (laughs) Just so we know, I have a timely date. If you of our Lord 2023. Yes. If you do click the button and you go in and unclick it right now within like 24 hours, they are taking you out of the, the dungeon. I do not think that will last. Um, I think it's just because this is a new feature and it's confused a lot of people. Um, but yes, normally once you're in, you're in. But working for books that were published in like 2015? That I don't know. These are new releases. (laughs) These are new releases that I'm talking about. So. Okay. See, and that makes a difference, right? It's about your publishing today and choosing the categories today and verifying the content today versus you published a book however long ago, Amazon decided to put it in the erotica dungeon as we refer to it. And now- Readers can only find it if they can search for it by title and author name without any sort of mistakes or extra spacing or and sometimes not even then. characters. Like, yeah. And sometimes not even then will it populate in yeah. a search result. You can only get there by a direct link right. sometimes. And obviously and that's what's so bad about being listed as an erotic title on Amazon. Yes. Obviously, that is a problem if you're trying to market your book and somebody's mm-hmm. going to look for it. And then they can't find it. Yep. And then you just start dropping. And then obviously you don't get all the other benefits of, of populating within their algorithm. So right. it doesn't matter what happens. They're yeah. not going to show you to anyone because you've been categorized as erotic. Yeah. Which yep. is a whole nother conversation because what they consider erotic and what is actually erotic <laughs> are two different things. <laughs> I mean, it just. Yes. So true. <laughs> they will oftentimes put a contemporary romance that simply has some spicy scenes in in it into the, you know, the dungeon. Right. And you're like, why? What did we do in the blurb? That's usually the first thing you, you look at. You're like, what word did I use that triggered this bot to throw me into mm-hmm. the dungeon? Um, because there was a time where uh, Bastard was doing it. Um, yes. Alpha. I've seen... I, alpha was the one I was going to throw out yeah. there. Yeah, we can't use the word alpha. Um, saying the word sex too many times. You try mm-hmm. to, just try not to use it at all. 
Um, you know, any sort of kink, right? Don't don't say yep. those words or BDSM. Find euphemisms to describe kink and use an editorial note to to be clearer about it for the reader. And for the love of all things holy, never say dub con or non con. Oh, oh my god, yeah, don't just do keep that. Con out of it completely. Keep it out. Please. Keep it out. If you want to put that that is a content warning, you say CCW. Don't even say yeah. content warning. CCW yeah. on author's website because, app, oh my gosh, that will yeah, immediately for, throw you in there. For anyone who's listening, that'll ban your book. Know what we're what we're talking about? Con is shorthand for consent. So yes, so, con is dubious consent. Non-con is no consent, and it describes sexual acts um, that take place in the book that do with not have those consent. levels of consent being none or dubious. Correct. False pretenses or, you know, some sort of trickery. There's, you know, there's no, no, yes. There's yes, yes, mm-hmm. no. There's yep. there's all sorts of levels yes. there. Um, and yeah, that that is, uh, I helped an author once who had their book banned off of Amazon because. Due to consensual due issues. Due to dubious consent. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Unfortunately, she had a word in her blurb that triggered the review that <sighs> delisted the flash- book and got I'm her having flashbacks. <laughs> having flashbacks. And then it's not just that, like your book. Okay, so if the book gets banned, right? Your mm. account then is like flagged. Yeah. It's it's legit flagged. And then your books get suppressed, even yeah. the ones that aren't in erotic that, categories correct. or otherwise have been depublished, unpublished. And, and they will tell you that your mm-hmm. oh, your account's not suppressed. There's no flag. Yes, on it, it is. Yes, 100 percent But like evidence yes, dictates is. otherwise. Like 100 yes. percent I've seen mm-hmm. enough of this. You've seen enough of this to know yep. that it is real. Um it's essentially shadow banning on Amazon. Um yep. I don't know how else to say it, but it's they've been doing it for as long as we've been doing this. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you want to stray away from those issues as much as possible. Yes. <laughs> because that is just a nightmare. Well, to have still to go finding through. a way to very clearly set those reader expectations about whether your book is or isn't a romance, because it can be an erotic romance. Um, I'm also in the middle of promoting some very erotic fantasy books that have romantic subplots, but are absolutely not romances. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you just have to be crystal clear with your readers about Very that. Very specific. Have to, have to understand the rules of the road yourself. Yes, for sure. For sure. I mean, there's just so many pitfalls that you can mm-hmm. accidentally fall into. Um, I mean, I've had clients who have published books, gotten thrown into the erotica dungeon. This is like previous, not in the current uh, moment in which you can pull yourself out in a, in a minute. Some snapshot in time um, in the past. Yeah. Because <clears throat> heaven only knows how long this is going to last. Like we just don't yeah, know. Yeah, right. Um, but I've had them literally depublish the book, mm-hmm. um, unpublish the book, and then republish it using different categories and fixing whatever. Because it was easier for them to do that, lose whatever pre-orders that they potentially have yep. on the title, yep. than to try to get it to be pulled out of the dungeon before release day. Yep. And that tells you how bad that is. Right. When you're willing to give up your pre-orders. <laughs> yeah. When you're willing and potentially your pre-order privileges. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because something like that can absolutely get your account flagged for um, future listing of pre-orders. Yeah. Uh, I think the minimum ban is a year on that now. Right? It is. 
when they remove your pre-order privileges, you're done with that for at least 365 days. Which is a nightmare because if you've ever done a live release before, mm-hmm. it is it's not fun. Oh, you don't like re- you don't like live releases. I do not like live releases. Oh. Okay, so here's my problem with live releases. And listen, there's there's benefits. I understand there's benefits to live releases. The benefits to live releases being, let's talk about them first. The benefits are that you, you know, the rank gets populated immediately, right? So people mm-hmm. are rushing to download your book because it's yes. brand new and live. They haven't had an right. opportunity to pre-order. They didn't get a chance to pre-order it, yeah. right? So now you're getting a huge influx of potentially, hopefully, a huge influx of downloads or page yes. reads or whatever it is on your title on mm-hmm. release day, which triggers the Amazon algorithms because I'm assuming this book is in KU. Um, it triggers them to like you. And to yeah. push you up in the movers and shakers and to put you in the out, like, this is a hot freaking book, right? Yep. So your rank is going to then reflect all of those downloads and page reads and everything at one time. Whereas if you're doing a pre-order on a title, your rank is reflecting the pre-order of that title on the day in which the book is pre-ordered. So mm-hmm. if you have a thousand pre-orders, but they happened over a course of six months, then your rank is not going to be the same as if you got the the thousand a pre-orders thousand on the day downloads of. or borrows on the day of release. Now right. Apple does give a boost you does give you credit for the pre-orders in their ranking system on the day of release. Amazon started to give you a little bit of a boost giving you credit for those pre-orders yeah. on the day of in your rank on the day of release. Not the same level of as, as Apple, but mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're doing it um, a little bit. But here's the downfalls of not having a pre-order. <laughs> There's you don't have anything to market. You you're telling people about your book, but you're and not they can't go pre-order it. Yeah. They can't Where are you sending them? Where are you sending them? You're talking about to this new, book. To your newsletter, hopefully. Yes. I mean, if you are doing or, a live Or Goodreads yes. or BookBub. So you you don't have any specific call to action that they could immediately yeah. buy. Right. And that is a problem when you have people who like a large, like this is how the, the market works is that when people see something, they get impulsive and they want to buy it. Yes. So you've potentially lost the sale because- now they have to there's wait. There's nothing to buy. Yeah, there's nothing to buy. And they may not remember about you. <laughs> they may right. not remember the title later. Your marketing may not get back in front of them the way it did during the pre-order period after the book is live. You're gambling on that. You're gambling, um, which is why you should send them to your newsletter if you are doing a live release. Yes. Um, the other issue is with the Zon itself um, and other you know platforms. So yes. I'm, I'm going to pretend like we're in and Amazon um, Kindle Unlimited situation. Okay. You can do everything that they say and upload the files within all the time frame that they say and do everything right. And then they will not just not publish your book. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, you know, it's happening. And like you have all, you've now scheduled mm-hmm. release day Mm-hmm. promotion. So if you're mm-hmm. working with us, we have a release blitz. 
You've yep. likely scheduled newsletter swaps with other right. authors. You've got you have things you've booked third party up. promotional newsletter features. You've got all kinds of things going. And if Amazon just decides to drop the ball, which yeah. happens more than you want to know, um, then you're out all of that. Yeah. All of it. You've lost the momentum from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it happens frequently, unfortunately, with live yes, releases. And the the flip side of that coin is that you do everything right and they publish the book too soon. Yes. And your book sits there for two or three days before your marketing effort starts. Happening. And it starts sinking in rank and you are now working against a mountain you didn't intend to have in front of you on release day yep. in terms of getting that book to get onto the charts and be a mover and shaker and get some algorithmic help from all of your efforts. Yeah. Uh, boosting it up the charts. And also think about the flurry that has to happen once you get that link. So say, because mm-hmm. it's they say publishing could take up to 72 hours. Um, but oftentimes it'll be live that night, the night right. that you press it. Or yeah. it'll just be live at some point within the 72 hours. So it you just don't know. So you have like three days where you're just sitting around waiting for them to publish this book. Oftentimes right. it takes like a few hours up like 12 hours sometimes. It really varies. It varies so much. Um, And then sometimes they just won't do it within the 72 hours. So that's fine. But then think about when you get that link, you now have scheduled all this other promotion, all this other stuff, right, that you're doing to Mm -hmm. promote your book. You now finally have the link. You now have to go insert that link and send it to all these people and tell everybody that it's live so that they can now send out their promotional packets to their people with the proper link it's just a lot of emergency flurry. I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's like you run around like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to yeah. dot your I's and cross your T's. Um, it's stressful. It is stressful. And that is the reason why I don't like <laughs> live releases. That's why I don't like it. It's very stressful for no reason because here's the thing. Like, pre-orders have started to kick up, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. not, and the the live release doesn't mean the same as it did back in 2015. Like back in 2015, it made a difference. It made a huge difference. In 2023, it is not like that anymore. Right. Um, You're not getting the same boost that you used to. You're not getting the same boost and it's just not as advantageous as it used Mm -hmm. to be to do a live release. So I say get those pre-orders, get those guaranteed sales. Yeah. I'd rather Especially you, if yeah. you're not in Kindle Unlimited for that oh. matter because I oh, think yeah. it makes no sense whatsoever to do a live release wide. Um you, you should you <clears throat> should definitely be pushing for those pre-orders on non-Amazon platforms. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um but even if you do have an Amazon a series especially, mm-hmm. um if you have an Amazon Kindle Unlimited series, some people will pre-order they will. Yeah. And, you know, even if you're going to Kindle Unlimited and you have a series, you're missing out on a potential pre-order with every release in that series if you don't have mm-hmm. it. Um, so, I mean, we've slightly deviated from what is romance, but I feel I was, like, well, <laughs> this is romance. This is the romance industry. It is. It is. Um, it's relevant to publishing romance. It's relevant to publishing anything. It is. Honestly. Um. Perhaps fiction more than nonfiction, but still just broad based. 
solid advice for anybody who writes books. Yeah. Um, especially for themselves and is responsible for their own marketing. Um, well, I, I am going to skip, uh, it's going to be a little shorter episode because I have, uh, something I have to go do. Um, but I'm going to skip to the evergreen publishing uh, marketing tip rather evergreen marketing tip. So my tip this week is that you have to talk about your book or your product, whatever it is. We're talking about books today. So books. You have to talk about your book. You have to talk about it before it releases. You have to talk about when it releases. You have to talk about it after it releases. You have yes. to talk about your book all the time. Yes. And talking about it can look like a variety of things. You can actually talk about your book, right? Hmm. But you can also post things about your book. And it doesn't have to be just like, buy my book. It can be talking about the plot. It can be giving excerpts. It can be talking about your writing style. It can mm-hmm. be talking about how much you love the cover. It can be talking about... Um, taking your book places and filming it and making a funny TikTok about it and all the places that your book visited. I'm just coming up with stuff here, but, um, yeah, you need to talk about about it. Talk Talk about it or the product, whatever it is. Just keep talking about it. Mm -hmm. Even if you feel like you're shouting into a void, eventually you will catch someone who wants to hear it. You know, and the more that you post, the more that you talk about it, the more likely it is that you're going to be reaching that person. Yes. So that is my evergreen marketing tip. It's a good one. Of the week. Thank you. Thank you. So next week, um, I don't think we have a topic announced, so it'll be a fun surprise. Oh, I like surprises. Yes. So we will come up with something. something. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> if you have suggestions, hit us up uh, yeah. at 1852 Media. Yeah. If you want to hear us talk about something specific, reach out. Absolutely. Um, if you, yeah, a topic you want us to dive into or a question, we're happy to address those. So, yeah, 1852media.com. You can find all of our contact information. Absolutely. And the podcast. The podcast is yes. there. And we should be listed on Apple Podcasts as well as Google soon. So very exciting. Very exciting. That is. All righty. Until next time, thanks for being with us on For Buck's Sake. (laughs) Such a bop. It is.